Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this week's Cedarville Stories podcast. I'm Mark Weinstein, and it's homecoming weekend in a few days. So I hope you're looking forward to returning to campus and seeing former classmates and professors. It should be a great time in the Ville as alumni from all over the world converge on our growing campus. So with the theme of homecoming, who would be better to have on this week's podcast than two alumni from the class of 1975? This is husband and wife duo of Jim and Teresa Clark. Teresa is an associate professor where she teaches subjects in exercise and sports science. During her tenure, which began in 1996, she also served as the faculty athletic representative, the Title IX coordinator, and volleyball coach. In 2007, she was Cedarville's faculty member of the year. Her husband, Jim, also joined the university in 1996. And since 2002, he's worked as the school's assistant sports information director with the primary functions of designing all of Cedarville's athletic programs, including game programs and Sting, the quarterly newsletter. For 10 years, Jim assisted Teresa also on the volleyball staff. Two of Jim's media guides, the women's basketball and the men's tennis guide back uh, in 2003 and 2008, respectively, were voted number one by the NAI Sports Information Directors Association. And now they are in the home stretch of their careers because retirement is just around the corner. There's much more I could talk about with Jim and Teresa Clark. So let's get to the conversation with my friends and colleagues, Jim and Teresa Clark, on this week's Theaterville Stories podcast. Welcome, guys. It's great to see you. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. So it's homecoming week at Cedarville, and Jim and Teresa, and that means there are a lot of activities on campus, a lot of former students returning, whether they're students or athletes. And so as a faculty member, Teresa, and a former coach, what does homecoming mean to you? It is so exciting to reconnect, and I think that's the key word, with former students and, as you mentioned, former athletes. Um, see where the Lord has taken them, what they're up to. Many of them come with children, makes you feel old. Yeah. But this year's really special because one of our former athletes, Julia uh, Bradley um, Shop, the uh, athletes' names, but they get married and there's so many of them, it's hard to remember that. But Julia's being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And so we're having a big reunion party at our house Saturday afternoon. So we can't wait with with her? her and her teammates. Oh, that's great. Yes. How many How many do you expect to come? Well, probably about 10 to 15 of them. So we can't wait. That's fabulous. That's, that's sounds like a good activity. Now, Jim, uh, for you as the Assistant Sports Information Director, you have been attending several athletic events for many years. I don't know how you do it all. Does being the SID or S- Assistant SID, does that limit your involvement with homecoming activities? Because you're probably attending a game somewhere, right? Yeah, unfortunately it does, but... Still, that's part of the responsibility of what we do. We facilitate the events, so that has to take priority. But there's still time uh, in the ca- in the schedule that day. There's some reunions going on that will take a break in between events. Some homecomings are worse than others for athletic events, depending on the schedule of those events. So look forward to still touching base with many ath- athletes. Some of them will come find us because they know where we're at. We're in the press box. We're out there on the field, right, and they'll right. come and connect with us, which is always great to see them. Uh, I think it was last year, two years ago, we were broadcasting a volleyball match in Callen, and another volleyball player was being inducted that night, and we, I barely made it over there just to 
eat dessert and then have the program, but uh, we well, made it. At least you got dessert. That's the <laughs> exactly. most important thing. So um, just, a, just a few days ago, when I was, at the time we were recording this, I was listening to Dr. Dixon speak to the Reconnect group. That's the, that's the retirees group that gets together mm-hmm. once a month here on campus for a luncheon. And I remember him saying that when back in the day, Cedarville wanted Pat to join the faculty first before he was even maybe on the radar for president. I'm wondering, is that kind of similar to your story that Cedarville wanted Teresa first or, or what was the story and how did you guys get connected with Cedarville in terms of employment? It's great being associated with the Dixons. That's awesome. Makes me feel, feel real good right now, but it was really Teresa that brought us to Cedarville where as we look back on it, it was just God's divine opening of the door to get us here. Yeah. But it is a great story. And Teresa, you were the main focus of it, so you can go ahead. Yeah, I want to hear off. the story, Teresa. Well, I was the main focus at the beginning, but it ended with the main focus being both of us, Okay, just so you know. So our daughter attended between her junior and senior year of high school. That summer, alumni, uh, stu- uh, children were allowed to come to, and be students on campus, and she did that little summer thing they had going. And so her group of 20 decided Little Sibs weekend in February, their senior year, to come back on campus. So she wanted to come. So we said, sure, we'll go. So we came down and made it a family event for the weekend. It was not strange for us to come back on campus. I used to bring my high school volleyball players here, trying to get them excited. And many of them did come to Cedarville, even if they didn't play volleyball. And so we were there. And Elvin King was always there to greet me. And so we were literally sitting in the basketball stands. The game was over. We were walking down the bleachers and he was at the bottom to greet us. Nothing strange about that. Okay. Until we get to the bottom of the of the bleachers and he says, you need to follow me. Now, he always joked around with me. So I went, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. And he takes do? me into Dr. Callen's office. And he said, this is who we were talking about Tuesday. Do you oh, remember wow. her now? And Dr. Callen looked at me and goes, yes, I do. I'm going to back up for a moment. Okay. Our daughter wanted to come to Cedarville, and we couldn't afford it. I was in Christian education, and um, we had a parent prayer group, and as teachers, we could submit requests, and I just submitted college tuition on Tuesday. The same day, Dr. King is talking to Dr. Callen, and I just kind of went, what? And he's like, we have an opening in volleyball, and your name needs to be in this stack. And he had a stack of applications. And I hadn't applied. I didn't even know about it. And he said, I want you to apply, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just in shock. I can't even tell you what he said. Because all I'm hearing is Tuesday, and I know those women were praying, praying Tuesday. Tuesday. And so we came out, and I said to, to Jim, you're not going to believe the conversation that just happened. He said, interesting. Well, the next day, we went to Grace Baptist Church, and I'll tell, let Jim take the story at that point. Uh, yeah, another piece of the puzzle. Um, Pastor David Graham was the pastor of Grace Baptist at that point in time. He had been my high school soccer coach and Bible teacher up in Cleveland in, at Baptist Christian School, where I attended one of those messages where, how do you determine really are be confident of what the Lord's will is for your life? He gave four or five uh, summary points, and one of them was, one of the best things you can do is find someone that you respect spiritually and respect their wisdom and ask them to pray for you. I went up to him after the service, and I just, you know, greeted him and said, Pastor, just just not want to say anything more, but would you just remember Teresa and I in your prayers just for some recent decisions? And he graciously said he would, and uh, that was just a 
a great uh, step, I think, in God's continuing to open the door for us. Pastor Graham was actually a t- on the board of trustees at this time, which we didn't know. Okay. So he, we have him praying for it. We went back to Fort Wayne. We had some very close friends that we shared. We have a decision. Didn't say anything about it. Please pray over that with us. And so I did apply. I sent it as soon as Dr. Callen told me to. And then he called and asked me to come down for an interview, which I did. There were four interviews in the process at that time. And so the first one was with him and meeting the other coaches and so forth. And it was also for a teaching position. It was not just coaching. It was NAIA days, and you were a teacher and a coach. So um, we talked about that, and then he wanted me to come down for the second interview. I came down for the second interview, and Jim came with me at that point. And um, after that interview, he got a little deeper in the, the job description and their desire and the way that he thought it should go. And I said, I really don't think that's the way it's going to go this time. And here's why. I don't tell my husband where this family's moving. He's the leader of our family. God has placed him in that. And it's really up to him. And he just stared at me. He goes, that's refreshing. Yeah. And I said, it's the truth. That's how we live. And so it was like the next day he contacts Jim and he, what we didn't know is he started talking around campus. What's open on campus? We need a job. Da, 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 da. And so we came down for the actual final interview. And on the way down, uh, Jim literally looked at me and said, 95%, this is not the will for our family right now. I don't feel God leading us here. And so um, take the pressure off because I'm a little nervous. I'm meeting board of trustees. And so I was like, good. There goes my nerves. I'm not nervous at all. I can just relax because I don't think I'm coming to this job. Meanwhile, they have Jim someplace else interviewing him. What job were you going for? I didn't have a job to go for. I was just seeing what was going to happen. Okay. You know, just waiting to find out where this was actually going to go, which is part of the reason I, I just like, I just don't think this is really a good thing. We were very comfortable in Fort very, Wayne where we very. lived for 21 years. We had just moved to, I would say, the house of our dreams. It was <laughs> elaborate, but it was within walking distance of our church and school where Teresa taught and we were like, this is going to be perfect. It was a great city to raise a family in. Me being a lover of sports, minor league sports was crazy there. And so I loved being a part of that. So I thought, you know, this is, why would we mess this up, you know? But that time when she came down, Dr. Callen, love him to death, took me to coffee in downtown Cedarville and just had a good old heart-to-heart talk. And the basic point of it was, sometimes, Jim, you just have to take a step of faith. And it hit me like crazy, like, you know what, maybe you do have to take a step of faith in this. And I just started to think, like, maybe this is what God wants us. That's where I want to go. So just just a few hours earlier, 95% chance we're not coming here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What did it change to after that? Like 50% were coming or 75% I were think coming? It was almost like a rush of, like, we're coming. We're coming. Yeah. And, and the, the aspect of it was confidence in Dr. Callen, Dr. Wood, of them saying, we're going to make this work for you guys. We want you so badly, Teresa, and we're going to get this something for Jim to make this work. And so for my first six months, I had special projects assigned to me by Dr. Wood, which was great. I sat in a little office over in Apple, and then eventually just six months into my employment, the position in admissions opened up, which I was offered and accepted. Okay. So how long were you in admissions then? Worked there for five and a half years. What did you do? Admissions counselor and production coordinator, which is at that time the person that was in charge of all the publications. Perfect. Recruiting video, advertising, marketing, all of that stuff. It was was crazy, and it fit my expertise from what I had experienced in Fort Wayne. 
maybe you said this, but okay. So you've, you've interviewed with the board of trustees. You came out of it. What did you say to Jim? We met up and Jim said, I've got a change of heart and the Lord has turned my heart. And I think we're supposed to come. And I looked at him, I said, I just blew it because I'm not sure how I handled myself in that interview with the board of trustees. But just a few days later, and we went home and we prayed with our kids and said, this could be a possibility and you need to know that. And I re- I remember um, our daughter who was like coming the next year, remember? So she's coming, already been accepted at Cedarville. And um, she goes, you guys are following me to Cedarville? And I said, we are following the Lord, not Carla. And then our son was like, he was just finishing his freshman year. And he is like, I don't want to move. And I said, I understand that. And then Jim said, I cannot have us stay here because if we stay here, we're out of God's will. And I will never take our family into that position. That's great leadership. Bold Mm -hmm. leadership. You take the job. Mm-hmm. How soon after it was offered did you accept it? Well, we um, got the phone call, and within 48 hours, they had to have a decision. And so it was quick. And it was in June, and we had to start here by August. And it was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. It was. The interesting fact of, of when you think about moving, relocating, we'd lived there 21 years, had just moved into this house. In November. No, in November of the year before, of 95. Yeah. And Teresa, in her teaching position, the word got out at our church and school and heard that we might be moving. And someone on a Sunday, I think, followed us home and said, can we hear you might be selling your house? Can we come look at it? Like, sure, come on. And they took it, they bought it. right there. Never, it never went on market. Never. never did, no. So in Fort Wayne, you were at what, Blackhawk Christian? Yes. And uh, did who, who hired you? Okay. So that's a fun story, too. So um, when I was a senior— I had Mary Alice Jeremiah really? as one of my professors, and she said, hey, my, um, my brother is pastoring a church that has a Christian school, and they're building a brand new gym, and you need to be in that position. And backing that up, I wanted to go to Fort Wayne. We wanted to go to Fort Wayne because Jim's dad was a pastor in Fort Wayne. And so okay. all along, Jim already had a job in Fort Wayne, so I'm looking for a position, and so she connected the dots. Spring break, my senior year, we went uh, for an interview with the Christian school with Pastor David Jeremiah. And so he was superintendent of the schools, and so they hired me. And so um, I had that position. He then left Fort Wayne and went to San Diego, California, and pastored a church there. And so a really cool twist to the story is when our daughter was a senior at Cedarville, she did an internship at his church. And the third week into her internship, they hired her, and she was on staff. And right now, she is on a full-time staff at David Jeremiah's church. At Shadow church. Mountain. Mm-hmm, at Shadow Mountain. Oh, that's a great story. So he hired me my senior year, and then he turns around and hires our daughter her senior year. Isn't it amazing? I mean, I, I'm just listening to this, and I'm, I, my, I get goosebumps exactly. hear, hearing what you're saying, because yeah. it's obvious to see the Lord working. It is cool to see just how obedient you guys were to— that leap of faith, which what a month or so earlier you thought it was you no, going. there's exactly. no way it's going to happen. Exactly, yeah. I think, exactly. Mark, the, only, the older we get, we turned seventy a couple of months ago. Thanks for sharing. And you ref- and I found myself. You, you doing look this. every bit of seventy, but Teresa doesn't. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thank I, you. I set you up perfectly there for that one. <laughs> Thank but you. You do find yourself. I find myself reflecting more on our journey, and sometimes yes, you see God working. Sometimes I feel I was totally clueless, but was still being kind of guided into the right steps 
and it's just amazing to see it work out awesome. Teresa, obviously, they wanted you to be our women's volleyball coach, which you were coached 10 years. And I looked at the statistics, the record books, and your teams won 71% of the time, which, which means they won uh, 322 matches, lost just 130. Now, that is the highest winning percentage of any person who's coached more than two years at Cedarville, which is an amazing accomplishment. Your predecessor did a, a little bit better, but she only coached two years. So how were you able to build a successful program? And then what does it mean to you today, looking back? Well, it wasn't me. <laughs> it was the Lord blessed me with great talent. I was just the instrument that connected the dots, and Cedarville sells itself. You've heard that it over and over again. And I knew if I could get a prospective volleyball player on our campus, around our team, I, I just stood back and watched God work. And I could tell you, keep you here for hours telling you their journeys and their stories, but that's not up for today. But it was so fun to watch God just bring the right people to the team at the right time. We had losses. There were times when our backs were against the wall. There were times when the teams weren't gelling. And those are great learning environments. But my favorite memories are not the wins and losses. Those are cool. But we were able to go on so many mission trips. And there's nothing like bonding a team than working for the kingdom, playing volleyball with a platform, leading international students to Christ, becoming their friends. It, it's amazing. And because of that, those teammates are bonded for life. I know we talk about lifelong friends, but our volleyball players, literally their families get together. Some of them vacation together to this day, and they can't wait to get together on homecoming Saturday. I hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not in the athletic department, but I hear that a lot. And, mm -hmm. and I see, well, one thing I see about our athletic team, I don't know if it's all the teams, maybe you know, but even today, our women's soccer team, just competed with a, a school in St. Louis and the, our players wrote handwritten notes to their players and how meaningful that is, not just to be a friend, but for the gospel purposes. Were you guys doing things like that? We were. And what a, a unique factor to volleyball was the honor call. Yeah. And the honor call actually, when I came to Cedarville was a one-liner in the rule book. And, and it basically kind of said, oh, and by the way, it'd be nice if you would help the officials and make your own honor calls. Well, nobody was following that. Nobody. And I saw that one day when I was looking for something else on the collegiate level, because volleyball is known for changing rules every single year. So I'm trying to keep up with things. And I went, wait a minute, we're not doing that. That's a biblical principle. We should be, we should be honest in all things, including touching a ball in the cornfields of Ohio. And so we talked about it as a team. And I'm going to be honest with you. I had some upperclassmen that gave me resistance saying, uh, that's like calling your own fouls in basketball. I said, it's a different sport, and it's kind of in the rule book. We're just following. And it's no longer in the rule book, just so you know. But um, that made such an impact. Our players were able to witness to players and to officials. And, I, I mean, again, I could keep you here forever. One of my favorite ones was we were at the national tournament the last season, and we had a player make an honor call. And I had the official come to me and said, Coach, good job of teaching good character. I said, oh, it's far more than that. I said, I would challenge you to talk to the player that made that honor call as to why she did that. He said, oh, I will. And he did. And she shared the gospel with an official at the national tournament. 
at the end of that national tournament, we did not win a national championship, um, but we competed that last year at a high level. All that to say, um, I didn't even know that this was happening, but they present the trophies and the most valuable players and all that stuff at the end, but they had an award that was basically the team of the highest character. And they gave Cedarville University because of the honor call. Now, since then, I have had so many coaches call me and say, how did you get your team to buy in? I want to do that. We need that. Some of them are Christian institutions of higher learning, and some are not. And so there are teams across the nation making that call. And one year, I got a phone call in January after the season went over saying, um, someone in your conference has nominated you for such and such an award. I can't even remember the name of it. I had never heard of it. And I said, okay. And they said, it has something to do with an honor call. Could you tell me about that? <laughs> and I had the privilege of sharing the gospel on the phone with whoever this man was. Okay. And he said, okay, I'm part of the committee. And I said, what committee is that? He says, it's the International Olympic Committee. And I would like you to share in writing what you just told me as to why you make the honor call. Wow. So do you see what God did? He said, you were honest. Let me open the door. And we started praying about it as a team because all these International Olympic Committee members are reading the gospel. Now, we didn't get the award, but it was never about the award. It doesn't matter, does it? No, not at all. And so we have so many cool f stories like that. And our teams here at Cedarville are very intentional. And you're right. They're doing it. They're yeah. sharing the gospel with those that they compete against. And that uh, story with our women's soccer team just last week, mm -hmm. um, there was a, a TV reporter who shared that story on live TV. Wow. And uh, I just I get so excited to, to see our students. And actually, it doesn't even have to be our student. That could be any student, any athlete. Just sharing, just being honest and having integrity for the gospel purpose, it's fabulous. It is. I love it. Well, I could talk to Teresa all day, but I got <laughs> yeah, to bring totally Jim back fine. in. <laughs> no, I got to bring you into the conversation, Jim. Uh, let's pivot to your 21 years in Fort Wayne, working in the areas of newspaper publishing, advertising, sales, marketing, computer graphics, and design, and journalism. How were those skills that you developed over those 21 years, how were you able to transfer those? into your role, one, in admissions, first of all, but True. largely yeah. sports, sports yeah. information. My first position that I was hired coming out of Cedar, I was a business administration major. The general manager of Fort Wayne newspapers was a deacon at my dad's church there really? in Fort Wayne. And what church was it? Emmanuel Baptist. Okay. My experience there was selling advertising for the newspaper. It I connected with some other people, networking, and found some other positions. I was at the newspaper maybe five years, then eventually branched out into some, some other smaller businesses and did things uh, for some semi-private businesses that I had made friends with the owners and did things like that. But one of those men was highly involved in the minor league sports teams of uh, Fort Wayne, baseball, basketball, hockey, hockey. for sure. Yep. And so he use my skills not only to work for him, but got me connected to doing some of those things as far as designing programs and things like that, marketing for those teams. All along, I just thought, well, this is really fun. I love sports. You know, I still have this job that I'm working, but I can see like, oh, this is pretty fun to do your sporting interests with your gifts. So that is what I did for 20 some years in Fort Wayne and finally ended up working for a media company that was 
larger, but still gave me a good experience. So then when I came to Cedarville and started looking around, seeing what I could, what was up, I had, I had never heard of a SID. I had no idea that schools, collegiates, athletics had sports information directors like, yeah, I've kind of done some of this stuff and not even knowing. And so, yes, what a great reflecting time to yeah. see that God prepared me for what I'm doing now. Yeah, the SID job is a fun job. I know I, that's where I started in, exactly. in higher education. Yes. But back to Fort Wayne. Um, so you worked with the Fort Wayne Comets, mm-hmm. which uh, most recently, I guess, was affiliated with the Edmonton Oilers. Do you recall a favorite project or two that you worked on with those organizations? Uh, also had Fort Wayne Wizards baseball. Okay. At that point, I think it was the Minnesota Twins. Those were all great projects. I think, though, my favorite one was connecting to another layer that uh, for my last five or six years, a gentleman in South Bend published an entire high school state football guide for the entire state. And he hired me to put that together for him. I ranked 300 pages of wow. just information of high school and coordinating all that and getting that printed. It was, a, it was a, something that was really special. And they did that every year, an annual high school football publication. I don't know if this is public information, but now it will be because it's on the podcast that you are both retiring at the end of this school year. Why now? Why not go a couple more years? As I said earlier, we've just turned 70. You guys Not look that that matters. You guys look there's, great. There's people that are here much older than that. But, True. Um, again, I think it's just you sense the timing of things that come together. It kind of all makes sense as far as our situation in life, where we are with family, and uh, looking for some opportunity to do some other things, although we don't know really what. But it kind of coincided with Teresa doing a teach-out program, which kind of extended her previous retirement announcement. Yeah, because she was going to retire a she, year or two or three, three years ago. Yeah, three years yeah. ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was going to kind of keep on going, give her at least a year or two of freedom by herself. Freedom, yeah. I guess you could say as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. when it went another additional, basically three years, I said, let's just, we'll hang in there and go out together holding hands and just uh, see where God takes us after 28 years of serving here. And it's just been amazing. So this is God's will for you to retire? At this it time, is. I believe it is. Well, I thought it was God's will three years ago, and he <laughs> oh, made it very right. clear. He made it clear. I wasn't. still remember when I was pulled into the office and um, and asked if uh, I would stay and do the three year teach out, and I was taken back and kind of like I had already submitted my letter to Dr. Tom Mack, and um, and we were getting ready to post the position, but our major, the multi-age health and physical education program, our numbers have been small for 20 years. And so um, it was time. And rather than hire someone and say, okay, we're going to do a teach out. And so you have a job for three years and then find something else. They asked me to stay. And so I went home and talked to Jim about it and we discussed it. We prayed over it. And then um, the very next morning, my devotions landed me in Proverbs where it says, Man basically thinks he knows what he wants to do, and then God changes his path. He like man, steps. yes, man, you know, thinks this is the path that I have, and then God says, "No, it's this." And that's I thought, okay, Lord, you're in this too. And of course, um, so we agreed that we should stick with it, and um, and we did. And so our three years are up, which means my teaching position, my classes are done at the end of this academic year. And so it's perfect. That's perfect timing. Yes. I kind of added my reinforcement of 
thinking back to my story, like, you know, Teresa, sometimes it doesn't look like this is what needs to happen, but let's just trust there's something special for you to go on an extra three years. Let's take a step of faith. Yeah. <laughs> It'll all work out and you'll be fine. So here it is. We're just months away from it. Yeah, you are. But in all fairness, I said, if I'm going three more years, you're going three more years with me. And he said, absolutely. Well, you're a team, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obvious yeah. by just sitting here uh, talking with you. Now, I, we've talked before, so I, I knew that to be the case, but uh, you guys clearly are a team and it's great to see. So uh, Jim, you, you said that you really don't know what's going to be next. What, right. what are you guys going to do? But any dreams, any ideas of what you'd like to do, how you'd like to serve? Because you, you just can't retire and do nothing. You have to still keep serving, right? I think you're right. We'll see. We haven't really talked about it. It's just kind of like okay. in the flow of life and busyness and just kind of we know it's at the end of June, but um, there's something there. We'll have to see what it, what it is. You think you'll stay in Cedarville area? I think we will. We yeah. have... Um, our son and three granddaughters live in Columbus. Addie's only a seventh grader. The twins are in sophomore year. My mom is in assistant living in Cincinnati. So we're right in the middle. So we are going to minister on both of those ends. Um, our daughter that lives in San Diego wants us to come there for the winter months, Smart. live with mm-hmm. her, and serve at the church. She goes, we always need volunteers. I'll be happy to put you to work at Shadow Mountain. And so we're, we'll, we'll look into that. But for now, we're going to stay put because of those factors. As we close, um, the Cedarville experience, we, we know, is rich for faculty, for staff, for students. Um, can you share with us a tangible way where you've seen the Lord grow your faith in him as a result of working at Cedarville University for 27 years? Who wants to take that one? That's a good one, a tough, a tough one. I don't know if I can think of something specific, but I think of my journey in 28 years here, um, friends I've made, colleagues, staff members, student athletes, and chapel, and just the interactions that I've had with our coaches and being a part of a team that really seeks to change the culture of sports, which is my focus here. Um, it's just been an amazing experience. And I, I, yeah, I go back to like Dr. Callen, what were you thinking when you said, just take a step of faith? Well, he was being directed by the Lord to tell me that. My favorite stories of the two of us was on a mission trip. And, and he, I was going with the team and he was not going. And then I finally said, I'm not going without you. I, I think you want to experience this, but I need your support as well. I felt the pressure of taking 15 young ladies all by myself uh, uh, internationally and just the safety issues and so forth. And so he's like, I, I'm ready to go. And so the first time he went, um, Uh, We did ministry opportunities, and he had the incredible opportunity to lead a homeless person, and he led that person to Christ. And then we went on with our ministry and so forth. We went back two years later, and he's like, I want to find her. I want to see if God really changed her life. The Lord enabled us to reconnect with her. And it was amazing, the transformation in that woman's life. Really? Unbelievable. Singing praises, having a job. Her appearance was totally different. And it just was, God was in every little detail of that. And he just used that yeah, moment. Good that reminder. was incredible. But those kind of stories and really passing the torch as we're at this stage of our lives from Cedarville is watching former athletes doing the same thing, 
we have former athletes that have gone on mission trips with their volleyball teams that they're coaching to the same place. That was a touching moment where I, we were in the town square in the downtown city there, and our team was up singing and passing out tracks and just sharing the gospel. And I just felt this young this lady staring at me like she was wanting to find out, like her eyes, our eyes connected, like, mm-hmm. come talk to me. And so I did, of course, no Spanish, but I brought the missionary over and he interpreted and actually through him and her sharing, we were able to lead her to Christ. Wow. It was, it was, wow. A, a life changing moment, really. It's a great way to end the podcast and it's a great memory. I'm glad you were able to share that. Jim and Teresa, I want to thank you for your service to our students, to your fellow colleagues. It's been an honor to know you for the years I've known you, but let me just thank you for your service again. For our listeners, if you are interested in learning more about Cedarville University, whether that's athletics, our academic programs, and ministry opportunities, let me encourage you to visit cedarville.edu today to, to learn more. I, I think you'll be pleased what you hear and, and what you see. Again, Jim and Teresa, thanks for joining me this week on the podcast. It's great to be with you. You're welcome. Thank, thank you, Mark. I want to thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. You are encouraged to share, like, and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.